Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast focus on is it a vegetable or fruit? We'll be talking about rhubarb. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. It's so good to be back, y'all. I had taken a little bit of a break because the great COVID hit me pretty hard, but thankfully, all is well and I'm getting back to normal and catching up with a lot of things I have going on. So I thought the best podcast to begin out of this little break that I've had is to talk about the widespread rhubarb. So what is rhubarb? Many of you might know, but it's actually a spring vegetable, uh, one that's really seasonal. And depending where you're at, usually it comes into stock from March to early April and may even stick around till June. And is rhubarb a vegetable or a fruit? Well, to add even more confusion, in 1947, the USDA actually classified it as a fruit. But in fact, it's actually a member of the vegetable family. In fact, it's part of the buckwheat family. Rhubarbs greatly recognized for my favorite pie of all time, strawberry rhubarb, because they come into season around the same time. And when the rhubarb's cooked with the strawberries, they don't go into a mushy paste and it's actually the right consistency between the two to enjoy a really nice pastry in the form of a pie. So besides rhubarbs dominating strawberry rhubarb pies, Rhubarb's history was actually much more focused on medicinal uses, actually dating back to over 5,000 years ago. Chinese actually used the dried roots of the rhubarb as a laxative. The goal was to purge the intestinal tract. This was also first documented in Western civilization around 2,100 years ago when dried rhubarb roots were an ingredient in numerous Greek and Roman medicines. Dried rhubarb roots are very astringent. Thus, when many Greeks use this as a medicine, it created that cathartic impact, which is involves the powerful emotional release, or as they would call, purification and cleansing. So now when you bite into a piece of that yummy strawberry rhubarb pie, who would have thought that this was actually originally a medicinal herb? In fact, there's actually no record of any culinary rhubarb, at least until the 1800s. And even prior to that, before sugarcane was developed in the 1600s, actually rhubarb was eaten as a vegetable side dish. And we can actually thank Britain for beginning the integration of eating rhubarb with mixed with sugar as part of a culinary consumption experience. That is when it was first made as an ingredient in many desserts and winemaking. In fact, rhubarb was very much more popular in Great Britain, even up until World War II. And in fact, you can see the waning of the popularity of rhubarb during World War II due to the sugar rationing in Great Britain. It became less favorable to grow because the lack of sugar, because oftentimes when you bite into rhubarb, it's very astringent and sour, almost like a lemon. But when cooked with sugar, it's absolutely delicious. 
Benjamin Franklin actually brought the plant rhubarb to America, and it's become popular in America today. Most of the commercial rhubarb growing is actually on the northwest part of the United States, with 60% in Washington, Oregon, and California. And there's definitely cultivation elsewhere, but these are the top states that grow the most commercially derived So now that we know where rhubarb comes from, where does the word come from? Well, it's actually a French word, rhubarb, which originally came from a medieval Latin word or from the Greek ra babarum. And in fact, if you want to dig a little bit deeper into the history, ra was the name of the Scythians who lived about 3,000 years ago around Ukraine near the river that's now called the Volga River. Rhubarb actually grew wild on the banks of the Volga because it loves that cold, dark, damp climate. Similar to the leaves of potatoes and tomatoes, actually the leaves of rhubarb are poisonous. And that is likely why it was used as a medicinal herb rather than consumed because if the leaves were poisonous, it was probably thought that the roots were as well. And so caution was used in terms of using this as a medicine and not necessarily seen as a culinary item. And thanks to the great Brits, we have our official combination adding sugar and rhubarb to actually make a dessert. And you can find the oldest recipe found with rhubarb in an 1806 cookbook on a rhubarb tart. I still prefer my pies with rhubarb with the addition of strawberries, but I think that this at least is the first step in using this amazing plant in terms of a dessert. And today, rhubarb comes in many varieties that can be yellow or green, varies in many size and shapes. And it is worth noting that the Irish giant, a rhubarb cultivar, can have stems as large as five feet and as thick as a person's arm. And if you want to get into the health aspect, although rhubarb is no longer used primarily as a laxative or medicinal herb, you can actually still find dried rhubarb roots in many medicinal shops. However, it is classified as a superfood because the ratio of health benefits to calories, it only has seven calories per hundred grams. And it has higher levels of calcium, which means it's a great fat-free alternative to dairy products and it can lower cholesterol. And what's great about rhubarb is it's a perennial That means this beautiful plant comes back from year to year and it must have a ground temperature in the winter of 40 degrees in order to achieve dormancy needs. Rhubarb does not like hot, dry climates and arises in the cool spring and likes dark, damp, and wet climates, hence why it probably goes best in the Pacific Northwest as well as California, but it doesn't mean that you can't grow this elsewhere. As long as you give that plant its microclimate it needs, it should do super well. Contrary, even though it does like it to be damp, it does enjoy full sun and it likes fertile, well-drained soil. And because it is a perennial, make sure you plant it where it won't interfere with annual tilling for your overall annual vegetable and fruit garden. It can grow from seed, but it is much better growing from an actual stalk. And so it's best to get this from a local nursery rather than trying to grow from seed. And again, the leaves are poisonous, so they should not be eaten or have any animals consume them because they will get sick and it's not healthy for them. It's highly toxic. These leaves are known to have oxalic acid and anthroquinone. So again, stay away from the leaves. So if you decide to plant rhubarb, let it grow for a year before you eat any stalks. Rhubarb has a tart taste, but it definitely 
need sugar to be added to make it absolutely delicious and all those dessert recipes. But be patient. You want to definitely let your plant grow before you harvest it. I would give it at least a year before you begin to harvest some of the stalks. So to harvest your own plant when ready, you grasp the lower end of the stalk and tightly twist and pull. And even if you go to the grocery store or local farmer's market and purchase some stalks, be sure that the leaf is trimmed off before chopping and using in recipes. Again, these leaves are lethal. Rhubarb can actually be canned because it's especially high in vitamin C and K. And although it's non-citrus, it can still be utilized in place and substitute for any kind of citrus in any recipe. So there are many varietals of rhubarb out there. So like I said, go to your local nursery and look at the different types. And because Great Britain was so important in cultivating different cultivars and Queen Victoria loved rhubarb in the late 1800s, there's actually a varietal of rhubarb called Victoria, which is tends to be larger, more robust, and relatively disease resistant. And definitely you can get a lot of rhubarb out of this plant, but there's a lot of other species out there. There's over a hundred species of rhubarb known today and tons of hybrids of those as well. So why grow rhubarb? It's actually a beautiful ornamental plant that's also edible. The large leaves of a rhubarb plant make a bold statement in your vegetable garden or anywhere on your property, backyard, farm, or homestead. You can plant rhubarb in the late fall or early spring. I suggest spacing the plants two to three, four feet away. And in terms of if you're planting in rows, three to four feet apart from each row. I suggest finding a space in your backyard farm or homestead that is well um, sunlit and comfortable where it won't be disturbed. It's a great ornamental plant and it looks absolutely beautiful planted to other perennials such as pinstamen or any kind of ornamental grasses. So why grow your own rhubarb? Well, one, it's fun. Why not try something different? We only live once, right? And it's hard to fail in growing your own food. I have a lot of folks reach out to me and ask me, you know, they feel they don't feel super efficacious about growing your own food, but it's really easy not all plants survive and it's okay. Try again. It's not the end of the world. And it's really healthy because it gives you access. You are in control of what you're growing. You determine what your plant eats and doesn't. And so you can control um, exposure to pesticides and herbicides. And because you're growing your own food, you're likely growing things. And so you have fresher access to fruits and vegetables. And just with a little investment in work, even a four by four foot by four foot raised garden bed can produce copious copious amounts of fruit and vegetables. And in the case of rhubarb, it's a perennial. And so it'll grow for years and generations to come. So it's a great investment. Go to your local nursery and find a rhubarb plant and give it a shot. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And plus, there's a lot of health benefits involved with having your own garden, not just the access to the fresh fruits and vegetables and consuming that and rhubarb is considered a super food. It's more important that you have your hands in the soil because there's actually been research on properties within the soil that elicit pheromones such as feelings of happiness. And so for your own mental health, get out there, get your hands dirty and add rhubarb to your backyard, farm or homestead and let me know how it goes. So how do you like your rhubarb and what are some of your favorite recipes? Well, of course, mine is always the strawberry rhubarb pie because it's just the great 
great consistency of the rhubarb. The tartness mixed with the berries just really makes for one of my favorite pies. And second to that, I really love strawberry rhubarb jam. I just think it's a really great flavor combination and you can't go wrong. So which way do you like to eat rhubarb when it's in season? So I think anytime you add sugar to rhubarb, it's just going to taste absolutely delicious because it's that tart but also sweet taste added with the sugar. Um, I just recently tried a great rhubarb combination that I never had before. It was actually like a rhubarb cookie bar-like thing where there was almost like a cookie dough um, baked into like a casserole dish with chopped rhubarb on top and it was absolutely delicious and I could eat that all day long um, before I had a stomach ache of course because I can't eat too much gluten but it was absolutely delectable um, and kind of looking and doing research for this podcast there's actually a lot of really interesting um, variations with strawberries and rhubarb whether it's through a cake or through a sauce or a tart so definitely check that out I think that you'll get some inspiration out there around the world. I've also had pickled rhubarb, which may sound absolutely disgusting to most, but it's actually a great combination because again, rhubarb is sour. It's not necessarily sweet unless you add sugar to it. So pickled rhubarb actually is really pretty good delicacy. Um, it's not something that I go to just because I love rhubarb eaten, um, chopped up fresh, cooked with strawberries. I just love that combination. So I tend to opt for that or make some strawberry rhubarb jam. And just so you know, when you're cooking, if you've never used rhubarb, go to your grocery store um, and see if you can find it right now. You might be able to find it this time of year. But one pound of fresh rhubarb usually yields about three cups chopped or two cups cooked. And so it's definitely a good uh, kind of substitution slash um, calculation for how much you'll need for a recipe. So if your recipe calls for one pound fresh rhubarb, you know that you're going to get three cups chopped of it fresh or two cups cooked, or if your recipe calls for two cups, vice versa, you know that when you need to go to the store, you need to have a pound of that, etc. Also, similar to a berry, the redder the berry, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, that's not always the same case for rhubarb because there are different over 100 varietals of rhubarb. So the redder the stock, the sweeter the flavor does not necessarily apply. And so that doesn't mean that red rhubarb is sweeter than green rhubarb. In fact, um, they can also be eaten um, and added sugar to them. And so it's definitely something um, to think about. Again, rhubarb is bitter and sour and it's not always sweet by itself. It needs the addition of some other fruit or some sugar to make it sweet. And again, you can have fun with rhubarb. Be creative, make a reduction, make a strawberry rhubarb sauce, make a cherry rhubarb sauce. Um, you can do a crisp with rhubarb. I, th I feel like any good berry, similar to a strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, blackberry, any kind of berry can probably easily be added with rhubarb and really give that nice flavor combination. I've even thought about making a sweet bread with rhubarb. There are lots of different things, so be creative. And if you decide to grow it, that perennial plant, if well taken care of, will come back for generations to come. And just be mindful of your growing zone and location. Sometimes harvesting rhubarb after the summer actually does more harm to your plant because it's really hot out and you definitely want to be mindful of not over, over harvesting that plant. That way it comes back for years to come. So learn how to grow rhubarb at it because why not? It's really easy to grow and it's a great addition to your garden. Thank you for listening to Farm Chica's podcast. I hope to see you all soon.